0: Good morning. Good morning. My name is Robert Elliott, and I serve as Calvary Bible Church's senior pastor. My wife and I, along with all the members of the incredible body of Christ that we know as Calvary Bible Church, extend to you, our family, our sincere condolences and love. I'm grateful for the opportunity which has been given to me this morning to minister God's word at Sister Rosie's homegoing service. Sister Rosie's family has asked me to express their thanks and appreciation to each and every one of you who are here this morning to support them. That gesture means a lot to them and they also will welcome and appreciate your prayers for them as a family in the days ahead. This is the day that the Lord has made and so we will rejoice and be glad in it. Rosie is the reason, of course, that we're all here But Rosie is not here. You and I are here to look within and around and up for God's perspective, truth, and hope. Funerals close the eyes of the dead, and they open the eyes of the living. Every person is made in God's image. God is three in one, spirit, son, and father. And every person is three in one, spirit, soul, and body. The human spirit allows us to relate to God. The human soul allows us to relate to each other. Some call it personality. And the human body allows us to interact with our environments through our senses. Last Friday, Sister Rosie's soul and spirit were dismissed from her body. They were not dismissed to stop existing and they were not dismissed to float around somewhere aimlessly they were dismissed to go to God they were dismissed to go back to the one who gave them in the first place they were dismissed to wait for a sure and certain reunion with sister Rosie's resurrected body I like Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verses 6 and 7 the reason I do is that these Old Testament verses help us to better understand both death and life in the light of death coming to each of us. Ecclesiastes twelve six and 7 read these, this way. Remember him, that is God, before the silver cord is severed or the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring or the wheel broken at the well, and the dust returns to the ground it came from, And the spirit returns to God who gave it. And so I repeat that dear sister Rosie is the reason that we are all here. But she is not here. We are here to look around and within and up for God's perspective, truth, and hope. Thankfully. We can count on the help of the Precious Holy Spirit who is with us today. He will help us in our investigations about truth together. I invite you to pray with me, shall we pray? Dear God, we do ask for your help to know you and your ways better. You have revealed yourself both in your Son, Jesus Christ, and in your scriptures, the Bible. We thank you so much for both of these great revelations. And now we ask that the Holy Spirit will give each of us open and alert hearts so that we can hear and understand what you have done for us this morning. God, may we trust in you with all of our hearts. May we not lean on our own understandings. Instead, may we all acknowledge you in all of our ways so that you, Lord God, will direct all of our paths. God, you've told us in the Bible that as we do trust in you, you will direct our paths to your beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For to know him and to trust him as personal Savior is to possess eternal life. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Good morning. My name is Anton Wallace, and I serve as Minister of Music here at Calvary Bible Church, and I too, at this moment, wish to extend condolences to the family and assure you of my prayers, as has been indicated already by our senior pastor, Robert Elliott. Coming now with the eulogy is Derek Burroughs, who is the nephew of Sister Rosie.
2: I think I was asked to do this because I'm old. We were just discussing who is the oldest in the family, and um, I think I'm up there with the rest of you youngsters. You know, Aunt Rosie was a traveler. Whenever I would come back from Mexico, I would call Dion and say, is Aunt Rosie home? And she would say, no, she's in Tennessee. No, she's in Florida visiting Sandy. No, she's at the hospital in Miami. No, she's in Long Island you could not keep Rosie still. Rosie was a traveler, she was always moving. And if she was home once in a while, if you wanted to see Aunt Rosie, you had to get up bright and early and go across the street, which is, I live across the street from Aunt Rosie. And, because once the sun was up, Rosie was gone. You know, were, you know what they say in the Bahamas, bush crack, man gone, yeah. The other thing they say is, you can't find Jerry Roke in town. It was hard to find Aunt Rosie, but when she was in town on Sundays, Aunt Rosie would call me from across the street, and she'd say, "Derek, you coming for lunch?" I mean, I don't know why Aunt Rosie used the phone because I could hear her just as loudly without the phone because you know the carols have big voices, right? And Aunt Rosie did this. She fed all of us. She fed Nicolette and. Philip, she fed Stephen and Ramon. She fed me. She fed my parents when, when they were alive. Every Sunday that she was here, we went over there for Sunday lunch. Rosie reminded me of my mother because she fed people. and reminded me of my grandmother because of how she fed people. And Aunt Rosie was a party girl. Now, I'm I'm telling you some of these things, and some of you know this, but some of you didn't know certain things about Aunt Rosie. She was a party girl. She was at every party, and even if there wasn't a party, Aunt Rosie was there. Like, for instance, David and Tammy's son, Liam, had a birthday once. There was no birthday party for Liam. Rosie showed up with a present, and she hung out and she created a party. And you all know those cardboard boxes that you got at Christmas. Aunt Rosie shopped all year long. And then when it came time for Christmas, Aunt Rosie put those boxes in her car and she drove around to every house giving presents. That cardboard box that looked like Christmas with the bow on the top and the words, from Aunt Rosie to Derek. I gotta tell you all though, let me tell you. Aunt Rosie did not know my style. Now, I appreciated the presence. She didn't know my style and she didn't know my size. And Rosie, even up until last year, thought I was still 12 years old. I would say on Rosie, listen, I've been trying to keep my weight down. I've been trying to eat well. I try to exercise. But on Rosie, I'm a little bit bigger than I was when I was 12. And she would say, Joe, you ain't got much weight. This, my friends, is known as a backhanded compliment. <laughs> but I took it anyway because it was on Rosie. Now, I've been talking to people and asking them about stories, and you know, everybody has stories about Unrosie. And Jenny sent me a story I have to read to you because it's perfect for who Unrosie Rosie was. She said, I remember Unrosie Rosie and Uncle Percy came to Long Island every summer when we were on holidays from school. She always made sure that she would bring us five matching outfits and would dress us up herself and then make sure she took lots of pictures with a Polaroid camera. My mother still has those pictures in her photo album until today. Her famous words were always, just look at them, they look like a (laughs) stepladder. Every summer when they would come to Long Island, she would bring a sports car. One summer Uncle Percy was having a little too much to drink and was trying to put us in an old truck to take us for a ride. Aunt, Aunt, Aunt Rosie quickly piled us in her spanking new yellow Camaro and drove away playing music by Dolly Parton, Jolene. <laughs> Needless to say, we were all laughing our heads off when she left him standing in the middle of the road with his hands on his head. That was Aunt Rosie. Now, Uncle Percy, it's hard for me to think about Aunt Rosie without thinking about Uncle Percy because we all remember Uncle Percy. He was a character. And I remember one thing in particular Uncle Percy said to me once. He said, Bala, if you ever have a pain or an ache, there's one thing you can do to get that to go away. All you need to use is preparation You <laughs> I mean, he would you know, he'd say, you got a headache? Put some preparation H on it takes care of everything. So, last week I I came back and uh, I asked Dion, is is Aunt Rosie around? And she said, no, she's on Long Island. And um, so Christmas Eve, Ramon came over to the apartment where I stay and he brought me a box. It's one of those cardboard boxes. And it had a ribbon on the top, blue. And it had, from Aunt Rosie, to Derek, and I thought, oh Lord, another shirt. And I opened that box, and you wouldn't believe it, but that shirt was my style. This is the shirt right here, made in India. Not only that, it was extra large, and it fit me perfectly. (laughs) And Rosie got it right, finally. So I wanted to thank Rosie for this shirt, and I said to Dion when Rosie was flown in, you know, can I, um, can I come down to the hospital? And she said, yeah, you know. And that night before Aunt Rosie left us, uh, Dion said she was telling a lot of jokes, and she couldn't remember the punchline for most of them, but you all don't know that Aunt Rosie was a joke teller. She loved to tell jokes. Seems it comes in our family anyway. And the next morning I woke up at 6, and I saw that Dion had texted that at 3 a.m. they were asked to come to the hospital. So at 7 I called, I said, what time can I come to visit? And Dion said, well, she's gone. She's no longer here. And then I thought about a story that I tell in my performances, a folktale. And the folktale is about a man, a hunter, who goes off to hunt and doesn't return. And when he leaves to hunt, he leaves his wife pregnant with a child, and when that child is born, they name the child Puli. The first words that Puli said were, where is my father? And all of a sudden the children said, oh yes, our father. I wonder what happened to him? And one said, I know how to find the path that will take us to where father is. And he led them along the path. And there was Ogallus' bones scattered. And one said, I know how to put the bones back in the right place. And that he did. And the other said, I know how to put muscles and sinews on the bones to connect them. And he did that too. And the other said, I know how to put skin on the body. And each did something until finally Ogolusa stood up and went back to his village. And in that village, he killed a cow and took the tail of that cow into his room and made a beautiful ceremonial cowtail switch. And when he came out for the feast, people said, Ogolusa, who, who will you give this switch to? And Ogolusa said, I will give this switch to the one most responsible for bringing me back to life. And each child argued and said, it should be me because I did this, it should be me because I did that. And Ogulusa said, I will give it to my youngest son, Puli. Because it was he who asked the question, where is my father? And they say that one is not truly dead until one is forgotten. That's why we're here today to remember Aunt Rosie and remember those stories. You know, Aunt Rosie was a traveler. This is her last journey. But Aunt Rosie was also a party girl. And we're here today to have a party with Aunt Rosie. She may not be here in spirit, but Un Rosie in body, but she's here in spirit. And we're all here because of Aunt Rosie. So I would just want to say to Aunt Rosie, thanks for the shirts.
1: Thank you, Derek, for sharing those fun and loving memories of your aunt with us. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And though we grieve today because a loved one has passed away, we rejoice because we know that Rosie Roberts is in the presence of the one in whom she trusted, the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we sing this hymn of praise, we rejoice because of the hope that Jesus Christ brings. For the last line of the third verse says, Our wonder, our transport when Jesus we see. Everyone who has this hope of seeing Jesus can sing this song with rejoicing. And if you do not have this hope that only comes in Jesus Christ, our prayer is that you would come to know him today, trust him today, home to know his life eternal let's stand together everyone except the immediate family as we sing to god be the glory
3: to
4: god be the glory great things he has done Great right
1: Be seated. Antoinette Bigler is coming now with
5: a poem. I wrote this poem for Aunt Rosie, her last goodbye. Who was Rosie Roberts, some people may ask. She was loving, kind, generous, and always exemplified class. Her family was forever in her heart. And always on her mind, and the first person people came to whenever they were in a vine. You gave and you gave all your life, expecting no earthly reward, but you, Aunt Rosie, will now receive your blessings in the hands of our Lord. You are a pillar to your community and loved by everyone you touch. Our lives will never be the same without you, and we will all miss you very much. Christmas has just passed, and we can't believe that you're gone. But God noticed that he was missing an angel, so he called on Rosie home. You're wrapped in the loving arms of Uncle Percy and surrounded by your family and friends. And now that you're in heaven, you and Uncle Percy can continue your lifelong romance. We are all gathered here today to say our last goodbye. Many family and friends are questioning, oh Lord, why? And when our lives are over, We know you will be waiting for us at Heaven's Door. All our worries will be left behind, and we'll be missing you no more.
1: Thank you, Antoinette, for sharing that beautiful poem that you wrote for your aunt. Such beautiful thoughts, and she indeed was a woman of class. I remember Sister Rosie, she always presented herself so well and whenever I saw her, and she always had a pleasant personality, and we certainly thank God for her memory today. Coming now with the scripture reading is Una Carey, and she will be followed immediately by Donna Lynn with a solo.
6: Scripture reading is taken from the Gospel of John, verses one to nine. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith to him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also, and from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip saith to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Jesus said to him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, And now sayest thou then, Show us the Father.
7: I sing this song in memory of Aunt Rosie for all of my cousins um, because Aunt Rosie was a mama to all of us from I can remember youngest when we lived in Antigua Aunt Rosie and Uncle Percy came every year they came and then we would come for Christmas or summers and she was a mama to all of us. She never forgot any of us every Christmas, every birthday. So I just want to sing this in memory for Aunt Rosie from all of us.
8: Me she turned a baby into a lady, and mama, all you had to offer was a promise of a lifetime of love. Now I know there is no. i
1: Thank you very much, Donna, for that song in tribute to your aunt. And those of us who know her, we look forward to seeing her again. And it's all because of our great savior, the Lord Jesus, in whose presence she is at this moment. We can give him praise even now, as we stand together and sing, how great thou art so we invite everybody to stand except the immediate family as we give praise to the one who is the way the truth and the life
4: oh lord my god when i in awesome wonder consider
1: Praise the Lord. You may be
0: seated. That is good singing about a great Savior. There was a professional orator who was engaged to recite Psalm 23. He was very good. But as he was reciting the 23rd Psalm, he saw an older gentleman in the back row of the group who was mouthing the words of the Psalm right along with the orator. And so at the end of the performance, he did something a little risky. He invited the older gentleman up to the front for his rendition of Psalm 23. The older man had a cane, and he was slow walking. And he eventually made it to the microphone And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. And so after he'd finished, the orator turned to the group and said, you know, I was paid to say the psalm, but this gentleman knows the shepherd. And there is a big difference between the two. And so, this morning, based on God's authority in His Word and with God's love, I trust, I do intend to make the case that all of us would know the shepherd, Jesus, in a personal manner. When you make the Lord your shepherd, the first thing to notice in the psalm is that it starts with a decision that one makes. The psalm begins, as you probably know, the Lord is my shepherd. For the Lord to be anyone's shepherd, that requires a decision at a personal level. For it is the Lord is my shepherd, it is not the Lord is a shepherd, nor is it the Lord the shepherd, but my shepherd, a choice, a decision. It's amazing to me as I go through my own life and get older. How the fact is we all pick so many people to be in our lives providing service. My hairdresser, my doctor, my electrician, my pastor, my yard man, my teacher, etc. But what surprises me the older I get is how many persons never get around to making the decision to make Christ their shepherd. How many people trundle through life and can't really say with authenticity, the Lord is my shepherd. They've not yet made that choice. It's very, very sad when a person comes to the place of their own death and has not yet made Christ their personal shepherd and savior. Of course, Rosie made that decision in her life. There's no question for any of us that know her, any of us who love her, that her testimony was that Jesus Christ was not a good man to her, was not a good teacher merely to her, but that she, he was her shepherd. Uh, he was her shepherd and savior. That's the biggest and the most important decision that a person can ever make. More important than who you marry. The most important decision is what we do with Jesus. Well, We start by talking about a decision by you. Let's move to the second part of the psalm, which is there's assurance. When we make Christ our shepherd, there is assurance. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That is wonderful assurance. It's like the little girl in Sunday school who tried to quote the 23rd psalm from memory, and she said, the Lord is my shepherd, that's all I want. (laughs) Well, she kind of misquoted the verse, but really she nailed it. She really nailed its meaning. The Lord is my shepherd, that's all I want. When the Lord is in fact our shepherd, we are assured by him that we shall not want. What a tremendous assurance. Born out of a decision. The third thing I see in the psalm is that when we make the Lord Jesus our shepherd, there's rest. I see that in the second verse. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. There is rest. One of the things I love about Jesus Christ is he's not a driven boss. Some of you are in this sanctuary and the truth be told, you work for a driven boss. Or maybe you are a driven boss. Jesus Christ is not a driven boss. He balances for us labor And rest for his sheep. The Lord himself, of course, uh, rests. When he was on earth uh, ministering, he took time to rest. And he, as our good shepherd, makes his own sheep rest. He makes us. Sometimes we don't have the common sense to get the rest we need for ourselves. He makes us to lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside the quiet waters. But there's more when we make the decision to make Christ our shepherd. There's also restoration. There's restoration I see at the first part of verse 3 he restores my soul. He restores my soul. The soul we talked about it being our personality, another way of talking about our soul is that it's our intellect, it's our emotion and our will, our thinker, our feeler and our chooser if I can put it that way. That's your soul, that's my soul. It's our personality, our thinker, our feeler and our chooser. And when Christ is our shepherd, he restores our soul. (laughs) If you're like me, your soul regularly needs to be restored. (laughs) These days in Nassau and the family islands after Dorian, these days are so stressful, aren't they? And so full and so fast paced and frankly so complicated. And there are many unprofitable and imprudent and exhausting wrong paths upon which we all can wander. And therefore, so often our souls need restoration. And so, let me ask you how is your soul restored? The Lord Jesus Christ, the shepherd, is the one who's best qualified to restore any of our souls, our intellect our emotion, and our will. And when we make him by decision, our shepherd, he will regularly restore our souls. He's promised he would. And so we let him. So far we've seen in this beloved psalm that we need to make a decision to make the Lord Jesus our shepherd. And when we make that decision, that he gives us assurance, he gives us rest, he gives us restoration. But there's more. He also gives us guidance. He gives us guidance. It says in the second part of verse 3, He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He guides us. Do you know why He takes the time and effort to guide you when He's your shepherd? Because His good name is on the line with your life. If you have him as your good shepherd, then you're a Christian. Christian means a little Christ. So wherever you go, wherever I go, we carry Christ's name with us. Christian, little Christ. And so because Jesus Christ has so much on the line with where I go and how I go, he guides me. And if you're a Christian, he guides you too. As your good shepherd. (laughs) I can remember... My dad, very graciously, we lived in a suburb of Toronto when I got my driver's license. And we had several family vehicles. And my dad would let me drive the station wagon, the family station wagon, as a new driver. And I remember his pep talk he gave me before I started driving the station wagon. He said, son, I want you to remember something. You're going to drive this car courteously, obeying the rules of the road, and safely. And you will not speed in this car. Because you know why, son? Everybody in our neighborhood knows that it's my car. And my reputation is on the line how you drive my car. Do you understand? <laughs> I understood. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Christ's name is on the line with how we live as Christians. But there's more when we make Jesus Christ our shepherd by that decision. There's assurance, there's rest, there's restoration, and there's guidance. But there's more, there's also fellowship. The first part of verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. You know, our shepherd is right with us through the good, the bad, and the ugly of life. And that makes all the difference. There was a famous preacher whose wife died very young and left him with young children to raise. Donald Gray Barnhouse was the preacher's name. He was the senior pastor at 10th Presbyterian Church in downtown Philadelphia. And his wife died very young and left Pastor Barnhouse with young children to raise. And he was trying to come to grips with his own wife's death. And in the course of that, he was trying to come to grips with how do I shepherd, how do I love and parent my children, our children, who no longer have a mother? How do I explain death to them? And one day they were on the freeway, and it was a sunny day. they were driving in their car, and there was a transport truck on the left. It was casting a shadow on the highway in front of the barn house's car, driving down the freeway. He said, children, do you see that truck on the left? Yes, Daddy. And do you see the shadow of the truck in front of our car? Yes, Daddy. Children, would you rather be run over by the truck or by the shadow of the truck? We know what they said. And for the Christian, Jesus Christ has taken the transport truck impact of death for us. And so all that we have to contend with is the shadow of death. Oh, what fellowship we have when Jesus Christ is our shepherd. Well, what a fellowship. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you, Jesus, are with me. But there's more when we have the decision to make Jesus our shepherd. There's more, there's comfort. The second half of verse 4 your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Shepherds have to defend their sheep from predators. They use straight rods, clubs, to defend their sheep from predators. But sheep not only need defense from predators, sheep also need to be rescued because they're dumb animals. And they can get themselves in a world of trouble falling into nooks and crannies of rocks or swampy areas that are soft. And so what the shepherd does to lift a sheep out of a predicament is use what looks like a lifeguard's hook or maybe a pool cleaner's hook a long handle with a hook a crook this morning i do not know who your predators are but i believe you have some and i do not know what your predicaments are but i believe we all have predicaments but i do know that when jesus christ is your shepherd He has a rod to fend off your predators and he has a scoop crook to lift you out of your predicaments. And there's comfort in that. There's great comfort in that. But there's more when Jesus Christ is our shepherd. There's more. There's also provision. Listen to the first half of verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That is provision. You know, the shepherd, Jesus Christ, is always perpetually setting the perfect table before his sheep. I imagine that Sister Rosie was an exquisite hostess when she threw a party. She knew how to set a table, I'm sure, to make it look elegant and classy and to welcome those who came into her home who were invited guests to the dinner. Jesus Christ similarly makes provision. He sets a perfect table before us as his sheep. And often, onlookers to the table that the shepherd has set for us as sheep are baffled. <laughs> they don't know what to make of it. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The next part of verse 5, you have anointed my head with oil. That means when Christ is our shepherd, we also have blessing. Blessing. Now, it sounds not that pleasant to have oil anointed over our heads. It's not 10W30, you guys. It's light oil. It was a light oil, like a cologne or like a perfume. And it was a courtesy that was extended to guests who came to your home in the ancient Near East because the roads were dusty and dirty and it was windy, and they'd be covered in dirt when they came to your home. And one of the things you would do because you didn't have a shower or a bathtub is you would anoint their heads with oil, that light cologne, or that light perfume, it was a blessing for a guest who came to visit you—a courtesy, a refreshment. And that refreshment is what we have when Jesus Christ is our shepherd. But there's more. There's satisfaction. It says, "My cup overflows." Thou dost prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup overflows. True satisfaction, friend, is only possible with having Jesus Christ as your everything. Going back to verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I learned a little grammar growing up in school, and that verse lacks an object. The verb lacks an object. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The object, what's the object? Want what? Do you know why the object is left off at that sentence? Grammatically? Anything you need. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want anything I need. What a shepherd. Satisfaction. Whatever we need, Christ will provide. One more thing, last thing in the psalm. When Christ is our shepherd, the last thing is there's prospect, there's hope. Verse 6, surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There is prospect when Christ is your shepherd, both prospect for the here and now and prospect for the forever and ever. There was an old man who had two dogs. The dogs were named Goodness and Loving-Kindness. They followed the man all the days of his life. He was a Christian. So he named his dogs Goodness and Loving-Kindness to remind himself that Goodness and Loving-Kindness from the Good Shepherd was going to follow him all the days of his life. That's a here and now prospect when Christ is your shepherd. There's also a forever and ever prospect when Christ is our shepherd, an unending prospect, a love relationship with Christ that's not just one-time banquet the table was set for, but an eternal fellowship. In the Bible times, a shepherd would have to cross forward Rivers sometimes to go to fresh pastures for his flock of sheep and sometimes there were little baby sheep little lambies that couldn't make it through the water it was just too deep and so a good shepherd would take a lamby in the crook of his elbow and arm and would carry the lamby from one side of the river to the other side of the river safely on friday pass that's what the good shepherd did with sister rosie roberts He took her in his strong arm and he carried her over from this world to the next. He carried her over from earth to heaven and she got there safely. Oh, there's a prospect when Jesus Christ is our shepherd. Can you say he's my shepherd? Can you say with accuracy, the Lord is my shepherd? It all hinges on your decision about him. Elizabeth Elliot, no relation to me, was a missionary. Her husband was speared to death in Ecuador when they were taking the good news of Jesus to a tribal group. Elizabeth Elliot tells this true story of a little girl who was terminally ill. This little girl was taught to recite the 23rd Psalm on her fingers. The Lord is my shepherd. And she would do that all the time. The Lord is my shepherd. What happened in the hospital was her parents' worst nightmare. Although they were by her bedside constantly, she died when they weren't present. And she died holding her thumb. The Lord is my shepherd. Is he your shepherd? It's a decision, it's a decision that Rosie made and it brought to her and will bring to you assurance and rest and restoration and guidance and fellowship and comfort and provision and blessing and satisfaction and prospect. May we bow in a time of short prayer. Lord, you have done everything that needs to be done to make a bridge between us as sinners and you as a holy God. We thank you that the Lord Jesus came not to show us how to die, but to show us a way to you by his death and resurrection. Lord, it is my prayer that any who may not be certain if Christ is their shepherd would make that decision from where they sit, such a private decision, such a personal decision. If you need and want to make that decision, just acknowledge that you're a sinner to God quietly, that you need a savior and a shepherd, that the resurrection proves that Jesus Christ paid for your sins, and then trust him and only him. And he'll become your shepherd and your savior. Lord, I thank you for these moments together in your word. I thank you for this service that reminds us of your love as expressed through Sister Rosie to so many. Lord, may we carry on her legacy of love for you and her legacy of love for her family, her legacy of love for everyone she met in any situation. And we ask this in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake, amen.
1: Thank you, Pastor Elliot, for reminding us about the Good Shepherd who gave his life for his sheep. Coming now to minister again in song is Donna
0: Lynn.
7: Aunt Rosie loved this song. Um, it's Amazing Grace. May she rest in peace and rise in glory.
8: Amazing grace How sweet the sound That saved a red blind but now I see twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fear grace appear the hour I first believed amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a blind but now I see
3: pause with me now as we have a prayer for the family Heavenly Father, God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions, we ask that you would deal graciously today with the family of our departed sister, Rosie Roberts. Despite their sorrow in her passing, there can also be joy in knowing based upon your word that because she placed her faith and trust in the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ, she is now absent from the body and present with the Lord. We ask that you would impart the grace needed to sustain the family during their time of bereavement. As a result of Sister Rosie's passing, we pray that you would draw them even closer as a family, but more importantly, closer to yourself. We know that she is rejoicing in your presence along with the saints in glory. Thank you for her faithfulness to you. Our hope rests in the resurrection to eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.
1: We will now stand and sing together our recessional hymn, When We All Get to Heaven. Let us all stand.
4: wondrous love of Jesus. Sing
1: who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ the grace of the Lord be with you now and always